Hey, what's up, Outlaws? It's your host, Chris Lewis. And before I start today's podcast, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our special guest of the day, James Matthew Fuller. For those of you who don't know James, this guy is an up-and-coming actor in Atlanta. He's been in plenty of projects, one of them being Robin from Red Hood. And honestly, I could see this guy and am vouching for this guy to literally be Batman Beyond if they ever do a live casting of that. This guy is one of the most humble, down-to-earth, nicest, most charismatic actors I've ever met working in this field. And honestly, after hearing his story and after hearing everything he's been through, it takes a lot of guts to do what this guy wants to do, which is to take a step back and encourage people who want to get into acting to challenge the way they did things in LA and do it better in Atlanta. And I'm telling you, this guy's going to be big in Hollywood. This guy's going to go far. And we're just super happy to be able to get to know him, give him a platform for him to speak his mind. And with that being said, if you're listening to this and you won't have anything you'd like to promote or anything you'd like to say, we're an uncensored comedy podcast. We'd love to have you on. So all you got to do is just send us a Gmail at losoutlawsentertainment at gmail.com. Or you can hit Nick, Chuck, or I on any of our social medias or even just the Outlaws pages directly. And with that, I know this is the different episode, a little bit of a twist, but I hope you enjoy the show and And again, we've gotten so much feedback, so many responses, and we're really glad that we've gotten to the point we've gotten. But again, it's all because of you. So thank you so much for listening. If you can just share the podcast, leave a good review, leave a like, it'd mean the world to us because that helps the algorithm so that everyone else can get to hear us. All right, guys, this is a good one. Enjoy the show. Bye. Warning, the following podcast is an uncensored, unfiltered comedy podcast. Everything you're about to hear is purely satirical in nature and for the sake of comedic entertainment only. We are not responsible for any kind of real live actions taken by any listeners. If you or a loved one is offended, you may be a Karen and may be entitled by the outlaws to go yourself. These are the outlaws and these are their stories. Welcome to Outlaws Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lewis, and today is a very special episode because we have a special guest inside of the studio today. But first, I'm going to introduce my co-host, as you all know him, the man, the myth, the legend, still kind of a legend of how he's still alive, Chuck D. Chuck D in the house. I'm here for you, you and you. Yeah, you didn't didn't prepare your entrance at all. You had a whole week. I did, didn't I? No, I had like five days. Oh, okay. Well, close enough. Yeah, Labor Day didn't count, right? Heck no, man. I was laboring. Speaking of laboring, I don't know how that transitions. We also have Nick Coleman in the studio today. Oh, sweet Jesus. What's up, guys? What's up, Nick? What's going on on your end? Not much. Just uh, growing my TikTok and YouTube channel, which is International Bro and International underscore Bro for the TikTok. Yeah, he just posted something right before we recorded today about uh, shitting on my bed. So thanks. I appreciate that. I figured it was a good way to promote the podcast. Yeah, you know, that that's what happens when you don't pay your employees and don't make enough money. So by the way, please feel free to donate to the Cash App. Uh, that is on our link and follow us on Instagram. That really and, would help so that Nick stops shitting on my bed. And if you, uh, if you want to come poop on Chris's bed, then uh, just hit me up and I'll send you the address. You know, at this point in our in this economy, like as long as you pay me, sure. 
You know, like ten dollars for poop. Yeah, to wait I, on them big I think picks. you know the only thing that's gonna get weird is that they shit in the cat's bed. That's gonna be like kind of confusing to them. That might scar them a bit. Or the cat's pan. A human sized poop in the litter box. Yeah, the cat goes up there and is like, <laughs> "Holy crap! Didn't even cover it up." But Jesus, look at that. I'm here for the gangbang. Yeah. Okay. And the worst part is, uh, you know, especially living with all the fried chicken in the South, that's definitely gonna make things easy to pick up in a litter box. So you didn't know your cat was from the South, did you? He had a Southern accent. Yeah, I, I think I think we've hit every demographic, and now that all the women are gone, I'm going to introduce our special guest. So today we have actor extraordinaire. This guy has been in so much that at least I've seen. We're going to talk to him and see what else he's been in. But I'm a huge Batman fan, and this guy played a role that's like to me iconic. That's why I had to get him in the studio today. We have James Matthew Fuller. How you doing? Howdy, howdy, howdy. That's usually the response I get anytime I go into the room. Uh, yeah, so I I know the ankle lock is blinking right now, but uh, thank you again so much for having me. On. Yeah, this whole thing's a setup just to get you arrested. But until you're <laughs> until you're arrested, we have lots of questions to ask you. So fair enough. So uh, how how did it feel? Um, you know, being invited to a podcast that no one's really heard about except for maybe like five people in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely a blessing, truly. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, it was uh, definitely out of the blue. Uh, Nick was the one that uh, fired off the first rounds and was like, hey, you should come on the podcast. And I was like, okay. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the thing that's really cool, too, is like we always um, we always have people, like whether it's through social media or like face-to-face interactions, we always have people tell us what they want us to talk about on the podcast or they have like questions or anything. And then it's funny when people actually come on the podcast and they're like, oh, this is real. Like, it's not just like a Zoom call that's like edited. <laughs> like, it's actually a studio. Oh my God, you're real people. And I can touch you. That is the weirdest thing ever right now. No, oh, righty. No, allegedly, buddy. Allegedly. He's actually. That's what I was going yeah. for. <laughs> I just so, hit the wrong button. Yeah, I was about to say that could have gone south really quickly. Giggity. All right, so with that being said, we have tons of questions to ask you. But before we get into that, just so everyone knows the real James Matthew Fuller, can you give us like. Give us like a one sentence paragraph summary. I don't know. One sentence paragraph yeah. summary. You know, you know how like you take, I don't know, y'all have FCAT here? You know that, that, that test like when you're you know in fifth grade to see if you're an idiot or not? Well, we need seven verbs and seven continents and, and all the mother like words in their verbs. Oh, you had that? See, I had uh, explain how to throw a football in a paragraph, and if you didn't, you're retarded being a fifth grader. That's what I had, and that, that was an actual exam I failed because I had no idea in uh, a five in a, in a large five to six sentence paragraph being in fourth grade how to throw a football. So um, that's Florida for you. What's a I football? Mean, we just had picture books, so I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on page seven teacher all right so paint us the picture of you then i want to hear tell us about a little bit about you all right uh well born and raised uh south carolina i've been in uh in chicago for the past 10 years because i essentially moved up there when i was about 22 to start this beautiful acting career uh via just a friend wanted me to move in with him and that was literally it does anybody uh, have any drugs? I'm looking to scratch no, some drugs. No, normally, that's how acting does start. I didn't want to call him out on it. I mean, valid. There were quite a bit of drugs. I mean, I'm not going to lie at the very beginning because it was like moving in with your friend. He's like, hey, what, 
you want this? It, it, it's you fine. Want some crack man. You're, you're, you're talking to the okay. one person that like never did drugs, and I'm from Miami, so I, I totally get you. Yeah, right. Wow, right. very okay. impressive. Yeah. Drugs. That yeah. is impressive, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, essentially, I, I, I was like all weird child acting uh, stars and whatnot. I, I did a lot of uh, community theater. I did a lot of uh, church and school plays, you know, when you're younger and the parents just make you do it. Do you, do you ever, My kid's going to be a star. Yeah. Did you ever have to reenact like the crucifixion or anything? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no! And I, uh, I was, I was one of, I was one of the wise men. I can't remember. I think I had myrrh or something. I, Frankincense, myrrh, and yeah, yeah. Sense, that yeah. that full Christmas Gold. story yeah. that's like they always show, and you're just like you actually you, read you, it. You don't even study. know what a myrrh is. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah you're just like um, <laughs> technically this didn't happen the same same time period, but yeah, sure, that's fine. But uh, it was one of those things. It's just like. Uh, Caught the acting bug slightly early on, but it was like one of those things when you're growing up. I mean, I'm sure all of us has had it where you're like, I'm going to do this as a childhood job. And everyone around you is like, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, pretty much. You're like, yeah. <laughs> not, not that kind of acting. <laughs> so, hey, James, uh, what made you go to Chicago? Uh, well, essentially, it was one of my good friends, Alex. Um, and Alex Kennedy, I will drop him. Um, and he'll be like, cool. Thanks for the shout out, brother. Um, I've known him since I was probably like four. Like we're talking like we're good brothers. Is he an actor also? No, he, he isn't. Uh, he is a family man. Uh, he actually moved up to Chicago cause him and I were both born and raised South Carolina, grew up together. He moved up to Chicago to actually be with a girl that he met on, uh, World of Warcraft, if we all remember that wow. beautiful. And moved in with you. This, oh, is, yeah, yeah, this no, sounds no, no, no. very interesting. He, no, he moved up there originally with her. And then they realized, like, hey, we need a roommate. Chicago's pricey. And then called me out of the blue. Try to relax your anus. Exactly. Um, for call, World of Warcraft or yeah. for uh, James moving in? <laughs> Both. <probably. laughs> Have you ever played that game? It's stressful. I did five minutes of that game. I, oh, man, everyone I that has, game all the time. Everyone <laughs> has an addiction to something, but that is not the addiction I caught. So yeah, that's yeah. not my game. I tried it. Like, I died and could not find my body for some reason. I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck this game. I and I was like, that. wait, is this the drugs talking or the game? No, that was, no, the, was game. the game. That was the game. Shit, dude. You die and you had to go, like, refind your body. And I was, like, searching for, like, 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, and, and then those people, th- th- those people that would camp around your body just to try to kill you again. Okay, so let me, let me get this straight. The, he, he played World of Warcraft, and his girlfriend was like, yeah, I want to move in with you. It's yeah, they, they, they spent several, like, months, almost a year just talking, becoming, you know, close on the internet, and was like, finally made the move. He called me out of the blue, and... Uh, what year was this? This was 2020, because I was... Yeah, 2011. Also, yeah. internet dating that was that far back because, like, at that point, it's like a pixelated image of like who yeah. she is, like on MySpace. You know what I mean? I mean, he saw he saw that ogre and he was like, "Yeah, I need that." <laughs> oh yeah, uh, like there are people that date all the time in VR chat. By the oh way. Yeah, yeah, tons. Yeah. Why did you look at me intensely while saying? This? Because you <laughs> no, always right? have questions about VR. I'm surprised I do, he didn't say "black when he's looking in your eyes. You know, he, oh. he looked at me and sh- shook like a chihuahua, telling me, "You know that this is real." Like, yeah, because he's like, Whoa. he's like, I've been sending you DMs for weeks. Would you reply Dude, back? I wanted to poop in your bed. <laughs> That's right. I was there. So, so what? 
So you moved in with both of them? Yeah, essentially I moved in both with both of them. I uh, How'd you start acting from that point? Uh, from then on, or not I, start, but you know, get like involved. start going back into it because yeah. I was actually working for the VA when I moved up there. Like I was working a, f- a pharmacy technician with him, and I just randomly went to a Halloween party one day. I got drunk off my ass, like so bad. I remember being on like, like one of the lead like Clark streets out in like Chicago, just dancing around drunk. I mean, this was two a.m. with one of my buddies, and Try he me, was bitch. actually a uh, actor and model himself and he uh came up to me he was like yo james uh you you ever thought about like just modeling just randomly and i've never never did that so i met up with this uh modeling agency that he he was with they were putting on a show for like uh doing like a men's fashion week for chicago and they asked me to be in their runway setup from dude, that dude it's funny how stuff like that happens it's, and, and it's even funnier that you say halloween because like when i first met chuck it was actually like last year on halloween and and we both did stand up we have a polar opposite backgrounds really uh when we compared each other's stories but it was funny just because the whole idea of starting something you know in atlanta and and doing this podcast and every other you know thing we're doing it did you just hit? yeah i did <laughs> what <laughs> Was that your hair hitting the mic, or was that your nose? That's not the phone. We'll get them next yeah, time. That was the uh, <laughs> ear, earphones uh, on my. <laughs> but yeah, we actually met. We actually met at a Halloween party too. And uh, funny enough, so he dressed as this uh, do- character, Doctor Shots. Yes, Doctor Shots. Yeah, I remember and, that. And he had literal shots. Like I'm talking like thick shots to, to spray liquid. Man, yeah. Oh, he I spray love liquid those. into people's mouths. So good. Yes. Oh yeah, Uncle, Squeeze squirt that in my mouth. mouth. Right down my throat. And uh, naturally, he's going around giving everyone shots, and he turns around and sees a giant chicken, and that's me. And I'm literally in this giant inflatable chicken suit, and he's trying to figure out how to inject me and base me, basically. Nice cock, bro. Uh, And that's how we met. That's how Chuck and I met. That is is a beautiful story of meeting each other. people together. That's a badass fucking chicken costume. Thank you. It was was funny how what I liked about the chicken costume is it had air conditioning inside, like a little unit. But the problem is, you, you know, you have to understand something like, I thought this was a party, not a bonfire, and I'm wearing a balloon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't be near the fire. So, uh, yeah, I learned that pretty quickly. Hopefully, your party didn't end that way because it sounds like you made a whole career off of yours. Uh, yeah, essentially, I mean, literally just uh, signed up with the men's fashion uh, week. They uh, did a trial bow race, um, and I essentially did I don't a know, trial by what? Trial by like just walk. Essentially, they just like. Get on the runway, walk, oh, and we're okay. going to judge you. You said and trial by race, and I was going to make a joke, but then my A to C thinking said trial by combat, and I'm like, what the Racist. fuck? <laughs> Sorry, continue. Just all the models, just bloodbath, last one standing, there you go. Yeah, you dude, you're, to... you're the only one not wearing high heels, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, cut them off. But um, yeah, I actually did probably a good dozen like runway shoots, and from that, it was uh, there was a chap sitting in the... Um, audience saw my look and he was like hey i love your look have you thought about acting and i was like well i've done a little bit of it i was starting to start go through the training courses at different schools and it just kind of kept you know what kind of what kind of acting other. what kind of acting did you do meisner um i Usually. a lot more meisner um i had um yeah. stanislavski um training i usually do like a plethora around 
Like I, I don't stick to just one method. I mean, that's I, smart. I yeah, agree with that. I, clap I, for that, you stupid bastard. Right? <laughs> I, I just never was one of those that I'm like, you need to just do one type of craft or one skill set in acting. Just to like, I'm like, no, switch it up. Everything, everyone's different. Everyone has different emotional triggers. Everyone has different things that they're going to like tap into for. Is know. there one that you disagree with that just did not work for you? wouldn't say i think every every course every uh lesson i've gone through there was something i could pull out so i i don't i I probably won't like be like this one was the worst one for me but yeah not really man i whatever jared leto does yeah (laughs) oh god not that asshole fuck that guy uh and i'm yeah no fuck that guy I'm good. I mean, he does he does some great characters, but let's. let's so how long how long were you in Chicago doing acting, and then when and why did you move here to Atlanta? Uh, I was in Chicago. I mean, literally about the past decade. Uh, for the past like two years before our beautiful lockdown, COVID, all that happened, I was actually in LA, um, living there. But once that lockdown happened, I mean, the film industry literally just stopped, and I had just moved there. So it was like, hey. You ain't got no work. I should probably move back to where, you know, having a house and everything in Chicago. And after a long, like, year discussion with my, my boyfriend, we decided, like, hey, we're going to move. And, like, for my career, because I was like, Chicago, unfortunately, does not have a film industry. It just... uh, unless it's, like, improv. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, no, so stage far, is, yeah, yeah, stage is beautiful in, in Chicago. Um but overall, film industry, there's not a lot of studios. They can't really build on top of any, anything else. I mean, it's just you're in a major metropolitan city. It's just what it is. Um, we we decided to finally move here to Atlanta just because housing, pricing, like all of uh, Hollywood has essentially moved here to Atlanta. Uh, I mean, literally just this past year, I think we're currently on... 87 projects that's currently rolling through via tv shows and film just in atlanta alone and the year's not even up so it was a quite it was actually a pretty easy choice because i mean i was once again i was in la for a year and it was one of the cities i didn't really care for like overall can can i uh can i ask this question though so now that you moved to atlanta and you've been here i guess kind of long enough you know a couple as long as me actually yeah about a year and a half or so yeah as long as me actually um What's what's the thing you hate the most about Atlanta and you can't say the traffic? <laughs> He's pigeonholed me. Um, That's number one. Right well, there. actually, I, it's not the traffic that bothers me. It's the actual drivers. Traffic. Oh, okay. Traffic, well, I have no issue okay. with. Okay. Emotional. Yeah. Damage. It's the drivers. We can talk agreed. about this. Yeah, yeah. Drivers can't what's drive What's your reason, here. though? For, well, one, uh, just the amount of traffic accidents I see and the fact that no one knows how to use a turn signal. And also, I've noticed that for Atlanta, everyone just drives aggressive. No one has situational awareness. They just assume you're going to move out of the way. Have you tried driving in New York before? No, I haven't. You can't drive in New York. It's bumper to bumper. I was about to say, every picture of New York I've always seen, it's a freaking parking lot. You have the the horns and the Italian people screaming, and you can't tell which is which. Hey, come on. Oh, come on. What are you doing? I'm walking here. Hey. Um, But yeah, I, I would say... Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be the drivers. Other than, other than that, I, I, if I'm like moving f- 
as far away from traffic and drivers in general, the weather down here took me for a loop because I forgot that southern heat and southern summer is no joke. It's yeah. been a minute. Humidity. Being, yeah. being, you feel sweaty when you're not it's, sweaty. It's so funny because like you being from Chicago, you, you grew up, and or at least for like 10 years of your life, lived a polar opposite experience than me being from Miami. Like when I moved here, it, it didn't feel hot or humid. It felt dry. And then that on top sense. of that, when it comes to the driving, like in Miami, it's like mini South America. Like it driving and turns like that. The, people drive like the country they're from. You understand what I'm saying? Like That's they don't fair. follow the rules of America. So when I came here, I was like, holy shit, there's turning signals. And oh my God, people like in a merge lane don't stop. So when you said aggressive, I was like, you hit the nail on the head. That's yeah. what I would have said. Yep. Yes. Yep. Although the one thing I can I can say that's different, and maybe you can agree with this on your end, because in Chicago it snows, right? So, yeah, <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah, but yeah. His face. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: you you probably can maneuver driving through snow better, and and for me, I can maneuver driving through rain. I'm telling you right now, I want to fight anyone in Georgia who disagrees with me. No one in Georgia seems to understand how to drive in rain. Oh God, no. I disagree with you. I'm kidding. <laughs> or snow. Oh man. Oh my snow. God. Yeah, that that time we got two inches of snow. That uh, time you got two inches. Yeah, like, the, the, the not, time, not that story. Yeah, that's for the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, like there's a huge traffic jam. Remember the snowmageddon uh, that was on the news? Oh no, what are you yeah, talking about? There was a traffic jam for like a whole day. People, uh, maybe two. People. How long ago was this? Uh, 2016, 12. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was in Orlando at that time, so I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. all sunshine, rainbows, and Mickey Mouse. On my Two head. inches of snow stopped all of I-75. They had to have... Oh, the that's the same time that Chicago was having the polar vortex. Probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. the polar yeah, yeah, vortex. Yeah, yeah, where you literally could walk outside, and they're like, if you don't keep your eyes covered, they'll freeze in two minutes. And yes. we're like... Oh, no. <laughs> why would anyone walk outside in these conditions? Like, no. I like and, uh, my yeah, eyes not frozen shut. <laughs> it's like the National Guard and stuff was coming up and giving people water and blankets and stuff like that because people were running out of gas. Did you mean ice? <laughs> people, wow. People, yeah, because, I mean, they were actually stuck on the roadway because the traffic and then it was snowing and it got below freezing. And next thing you know, all that snow that was packed was was packed down, and it just basically just froze. And snow kept piling on top of it and all them cars... Yeah, man, it just became a disaster because I, I drove through it with my boss. Well, actually, he drove, and we were leaving work, and we left work in time to get home. We had to go all the way down to Locust Grove from Atlanta. Yeah, you're like, that pizza's taking for fucking ever, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> but you ought to see. There were people panicking, man. Oh, no, for sure. Because I, first off, I panicked just getting on I-75 when it's, like, sunny outside. So I can only imagine when the roads are shut That's just because you don't know how to drive. But, hey, I'll You're take right. it to, from one scenario to the other. And here it is right here. <clears throat> this is amazing. In Alabama, they were getting nailed with snow. It was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. They were just getting also, nailed Also, that means something snow. different okay. in Miami, by the way. All right. So, and this was actually West Alabama. So, by the time it got to East Alabama, right, it had kind of like slowed down a little bit. Everybody in the state of Georgia, pretty much from Atlanta over, closed their schools the next day because they said the snowstorm's coming, the snowstorm's coming. Okay, the next day, how about this? Kids stayed home. Oh, yeah, it was 33 degrees, sunny, no snow, no ice, no rain. 
And I'm thinking to myself, who made that freaking decision, man? Smoke weed. Thank you. God damn. I was like, you know the kids were like loving it. Oh, yes. But Not anymore, you kids. Remember, you can do it on Zoom. You remember yeah, snow days? Now classes. we have like shoot active shooters. It's like you know, what's our wagers? You know? I know, right? <laughs> kids, kids have it easy these days. Yeah, the shooting range is open every. August. You don't understand. I had to walk twenty miles uphill both ways in the snow. You're only getting shot at. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on your end, when it came to when it came to because I wanted to ask this because speaking of like shutdowns with the roads and all that, but like on your end, cause you were talked about, you know, being in LA and you, you're kind of waking realization of, yeah, it's dead here. So you, you want to go seek opportunity. But I guess w- kind of what I want to ask you more about is, did you kind of take time during the, I think it was about a, honestly, almost a year to year and a half shutdown really um, just to kind of self-reflect. And what did you learn in between that time period of it shutting down? Um, damn, that's a good question. Um, oh, I have more. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Just the one question. That's it. Um, yeah. Good night, everyone. Yeah, Fuck yeah, you yeah, for yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a good one, y'all. Um, no, uh, yeah. Throughout the year, being fully shut down um just because once again the film industry was one of the ones entertainment industry alone was like one of the hardest hitted like ones during the pandemic lockdown because once again shows can't play, movie tickets can't get made, can't be on set, all that jazz. Um. So it was a lot of like self reflection on my end of like finding what I'm wanting to like accomplish and get into once everything was started lifting. Can you please explain that though? Like, yeah. you mean like what kind of acting or the direction you want to go in, or if you even want to do acting? Like, what do you mean? Without it, acting, who was James? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that He's has been a skull. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be or not to, not to be. be. Your boyfriend's like, shut the fuck up. It is two a.m. <laughs> I swear to God, go on the couch. Where's uh, the fucking pizza? <laughs> it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Dude, actually, okay. I should you not though. No, speaking of which, delivery DiGiorno. Okay, I found the best life hack during COVID because this is what I learned. Okay, you can actually go to DoorDash when during COVID and you could order whatever you want from Walgreens or CVS. And you know what Walgreens and CVS have? DiGiorno pizza. So technically it is delivered. Boom. Checkmate. Oh, checkmate. <laughs> Damn. Holy you win. shit. That's fair. All right. It's but, delivery and delivery. All right, but what did you learn? For real. What did you learn? You still got to cook it. That's fair. Um, yeah, essentially the, the, the latter of the two things of like where I wanted to go with my career. Um, and, and the big thing is for me, because um, I've been like ch- chugging away for this for about – seven seven eight years gone through like everything you could commercials industries the film television all that jazz um it was one of those things is i didn't want to fall out of love with acting but what i've like through the covid lockdown especially within the last like year and a half since moving here as well um i've started like really hitting the, the marker and i'm sure all of us do in certain points of our jobs uh, becoming a little bit bitter and angry toward the filmmaking process, not so much acting, because there's a lot of BS that goes into. You're talking about what, like the politics behind it, or the actual process of how long things take? Both, both. Um, and I understand like the patience of actually doing a film. I've I've worked on the other side of the camera in all aspects of all departments, so I, I get that aspect as much. It's when you're you're and once again, I know it's a collaborative effort. But when you're coming in and people aren't willing to 
grow and open and learn new experiences, especially if you're coming in green and you don't know the process of filmmaking. It's when that BS gets layered on over and over and over again. They get a little dramatic and like offensive. defensive. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it ha- and I've seen it on time and time again. And it's one of those things is after the years, it's kind of gotten to me like pretty hard. So instead of like becoming newly bitter and angry toward filmmaking, I've decided career wise, I've been taking a step back and not actually focusing on filmmaking anymore and just finding my love of acting again. So essentially like stepping away from actually doing like, actual jobs like, well you're all i mean i would also argue and correct me if i'm wrong but you're kind of taking a step back from kind of them having to remaneuver after covid too you know what i mean yeah slightly. like it, it definitely is going to feel a film set's going to feel different than like the last 10 years bc before covid and oh then god yeah i mean and so, there's there's some figure it out some normalcy that's coming back there like i'm seeing some film sets that i've been on within the past couple of months that have like definitely taken a lot more like they don't need as much covid regulations on set just due to the nature I, of the beast so it's kind of coming beast, slightly the devil if this I, is I also feel like uh, people <laughs> Satan. people covid compliance on set they'll they'll get you yeah. uh, no let yeah. me tell you when i was moving here like i saw job openings like no tomorrow for like disney specifically about covid regulation on site medical mm-hmm. personnel and like the credentials to get hired for that like dude you had to be like actively in emergency care nurse or doctor like in a hospital yeah. for like years to be able to just do that i was like holy shit that that's the level of requirement to do that so i understand how serious they were about it yeah, yeah they're they just were... not gonna let a warehouse worker come in there i feel yeah. like people have been like a lot angrier since covid at like each other for some reason people <laughs> forgot how to treat socialize and they forgot act. how to treat each other you know it's like, it, that's the weird thing and i don't know maybe maybe i'm just weird but like for me i think it's the opposite it's i i feel like i've let so much anger go because of covid like once you i feel like i was able to have a conversation with myself for two years practically yeah but boy if and, you have a and, different opinion than someone else good lord well but that's the thing i don't care that's why this podcast exists yep. you know what i mean i'm talking about like i everyone else is kind of like there's this animosity where they, they didn't figure themselves out in the two years. And it's like, it's so interesting, you know, talking to you. Right. And then now talking to like, or, or mentioning people that we've all encountered like this. It's like, Jesus, like what did you do during the two years? Like finish, you know, world of Warcraft. So you found your body <laughs> after two years. Hey, did you test positive for COVID? Did you, how many times did you test yourself? I mean, seriously. It's like that's the that's the thing now. Oh, I got the sniffles. Test yourself. Um, I have diarrhea. <laughs> Test yourself. Yeah, the symptoms never matched what anyone else was saying, which is really funny. But it's it's again, it's also like you notice how the people that are like the most, I guess you, you look at them and you're like, bro, you're not you're like an overweight alcoholic, and you're telling me how to live my life. Like that's the other oh, side damn. of it too. No, but like for real, that's the other side of it too, where you have these people that again they didn't really figure themselves out they're super angry they're just kind of resentful and they can't like we were saying they can't communicate with one another so imagine people that are doubling down going into like the film industry and and i know one thing's for sure when it comes to acting in film world like time is it's not money time is just the most precious valuable thing you can't fuck this up. Like, shot should have been yeah. done yesterday like it's that's time. that is literally it is and and that is the big thing and once again um i and i've done I, i've done pa work for ton like i was in all the dick wolf productions for chicago fire all that jazz um so it, it film industry is literally just hurry up and wait like you do everything set up as fast as possible and then you're just kind of just hanging around doing 
nothing, unfortunately. Especially if you're in the world of a PA, say, like you're on a studio set, sound lot, whatnot. Everything's set up. Lights are set up. Grips are set up. They have an audience that you might have to, like, stage in there if you're doing some sort of show, like the ones that are filmed here, like Wild and Out, stuff like that. Yeah, being a PA sounds kind of stressful, to be honest. At I mean, time, at that, at at that point, at that point, why not do OnlyFans like Nick? You're your own, <laughs> PA, you're your own PA and getting PA, you know what I mean? That's right. Or be the uh, son of the mom. That's a lie. You don't do OnlyFans. Oh, I saw OZ at his place. Come on. <laughs> Lies. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... It, it is literally everyone's so stressed in, in the film industry on, on, on sets usually just because you're working these, you know, 13, 14, 15 hours. Um, and once again, you're usually just getting one lunch, one break. Everyone's just being yelled at. Hurry, so, so, move you, quick. so you learned to fall in love with acting again. But I mean, what I guess in after going through all this and then the pandemic and all. So what? I guess every single day you wake up, what kind of like inspires you, motivates you to want to put in the extra work to go, you know what? I'm not giving up. I am going to go do, you know, learn what the actual path to acting, like what, what is it that keeps you going? The thing that keeps me going is I do like, overall, I love entertaining and I, I love collaborating on, um, actually anything for like, you know, those projects for like stage work or film in general. I always love the collaboration, the creative aspect of those process. I love storytelling. I'm a huge advocate of storytelling. Writers are my favorite friends in the world. Um, so just to like get up every day and just like kind of focus on getting back to the basics of acting, of like being around other individuals that have not been a little, you know, like, Hey, I've done this for so many years and now I'm going to take a step back. No, they're like, most people in classes are either fresh face or those actual professionals that want to make it in this and don't treat it like a hobby. Do you feel like then, if that's the case, do you feel like Atlanta is is turning into a carbon clone copy of L.A. or its own identity of a Hollywood studio? I would definitely say Atlanta's taking on its own flavor. Um, in a good way or a bad no, way? No, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a good way, especially the other like actors and the actual like professional filmmakers that I have ran to especially just here in Atlanta thus far, everyone's like definitely on a professional level of they're trying to make this be their day-to-day job, not just treat it as a hobby. Because that is a big thing that you will always run into for this because it is a creative space. There's a lot of independent work. And now in this day and age, everyone can pull out their cell phone and be a filmmaker at this point because just we have that technology. Well, and make money doing it. I mean, YouTubers that, you know, back in the day you had like, Ryan Higa, PewDiePie, anything in between that, Markiplier. You have these people that just film themselves, I don't know, in their underwear, in their bedroom, and on a shitty, uh, you know, 224p camera, and then all of a sudden now they're like multimillionaires. So, yeah, almost and, anyone can be. I mean, honestly, like, most of the time, what you see on the internet is, like, very low quality. Like, they didn't put any effort into it. Well, that's that's the thing about COVID that, now kind of just tying everything together, that's the one thing I didn't like when it came to COVID, too, is that, you have this um, influx of all these people entertaining, but they don't focus on the craft of things. So, for example, you know, you'll see on their Twitter bios like, oh, I'm a comedian. It's like, cool. Have you told a joke? Have you done stand up? Have you written anything? Have you collaborated? Do you understand fundamentally and objectively what is funny about X, Y and Z? And they're not comedians. So I- I'm assuming is that something like you're seeing in the acting world, too, where it's oh, like, God, yeah, I mean, it's 
it was, I mean, it's always been there from day one. And I mean, you're always going to have those people that have, you know, the unfortunate complexes of like, hey, yeah, I do this. And they've maybe done one thing. Please give me cock. <laughs> yeah, not, not that kind of accent. <laughs> Jesus. Sir, that's the OnlyFans. What is wrong with you? Um, oh. Yeah, COVID <laughs> made them find themselves one way or yeah, another. Yeah, co- COVID really let the floodgates open when people are like, you know what? I do look pretty good naked. I'm going to share this with the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just think the strippers had something, you know, I mean, had to do something. That's I mean, nasty. I mean, honestly, look how many people now basically do the same thing as a stripper does. I mean, I would, argue, I would argue comedians are strippers. But you know, hey, sometimes you got to show it all. We all get yeah, on stage and perform to a song. They sell themselves. Yeah. No, but you're right. You're right because look at all the amount of people that like did what they did. Look, cooking. You couldn't really go to people's restaurants or houses and cook. But then guess what happened? There's people that literally rent out their rooms. It's all over TikTok, and, or they do like food tutorials. They'll have people just like come to their house and like they'll make four hundred dollars in one night just cooking a meal. Like it became their whole career. So, like, yeah, I guess COVID in a good way did something like that. It definitely helped bring out a lot more creative types because everyone was just officially stuck at home. And you're like, hey, I have a camera. I can do this craft. Let's do it. I, I'm excited about the monkeypox lockdown, bro, because I want more creativity. You know, I think that's fair, right? The monkeypox? Have, have you gotten your, your beautiful itchy shot yet that is driving me up the wall right now? That still looks painful. It, it freaking, I, it still itches like crazy. It's been like four days now, and I'm like. Holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, I mean. That was a loud gulp. <laughs> I love, I love always like, hey, hey, did anyone else get this monkeypox vaccine? Total silence. Like, whoa. Uh, fucking the little alien thing is going to come out like an alien, that little tongue. Like, He's going to lay down on his stomach. It's oh one of those things. You're like, wasn't expecting dead silence right there, fan. <laughs> So, so speaking of acting, uh, I, so look, I'm 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 a huge comic book fan. I don't know if you can tell by uh, our I, technical producer, Cat, a uh, little toy over there, a little Batman that he destroys and eats up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm Batman's like my favorite superhero since day one. So when I was told that you were part of the production of Red Hood, I was I needed to have you on the podcast. But what I found interesting is. Uh, you know what, I, I, I kind of noticed uh, looking through your social media, so you actually auditioned at one point to be Nightwing, is that correct? Uh, and then you ended up getting the role years later of Tim Drake. That must be interesting for you. Correct, yes. I, I um, Which we're still waiting for whatever that project, obviously. I mean, obviously I did not get to be Nightwing, sad face, but... Um, yeah, I got to uh, opportunity to uh, audition. Uh, this was when I was like in the height of my martial arts training, doing stunts, all that jazz. So you know, being able to execute what they were probably wanting to shoot um, was like at the time point. As it was a pretty fun process. It was like very quick, very easy. I, I just heard thank you for your submission, but through that, and once again, this is just the biggest part of like acting and filmmaking in general is the networking It's just, I randomly found fell on set. I was doing a gig for a boxing scene, met a, met a chap named Phil, who was like one of, uh, one of the, uh, production team members on Red Hood. And he was just like, Hey, I love how you move. You got a good look. Have you ever, do you like DC? And we had a beautiful conversation. Yeah. I got to 
He was like, "You want to audition for this?" I'm like, "For what?" And so, it, but so does does what did it what did it say about you that you auditioned for Nightwing, but someone looked at you and went Tim Drake? Because <laughs> those are those are two polar opposite different Robins, my guy. Oh God, yeah, not no, in a bad way. I'm no. just saying they're not the same. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and it, it's one of those things, especially like from from a, an actor's standpoint, is every audition that we ever go into, we automatically think like, yeah. I'm I'm that guy. I'm uh, I'm or I'm that girl. I I got that role no matter what. And you, very early on you you hope to get humbled real quick. Thank God I was. I've met several that unfortunately haven't hit that point yet. But you get humbled real fast of like knowing that all the decisions are completely out of your hand. Like fully. Like you you like no matter what you've been Drilled through for craft practice, all that jazz. You could be the best actor in the world, but literally, it comes down to be like, their their eyes are green. We don't want that. It's important to like not let your ego get in the way. Like if you get rejected for something because somebody may have been better than you, and they're looking for a specific type of actor. Exactly, and also I'm not that tall. Like for a Nightwing, you would expect him to probably be like yeah, because he is is older, so he's a little taller. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting at five ten, and I think in comics, I think he's maybe even six two or something like that. Yeah, because because Tim Drake, for those you don't know, um, aside from if you're a comic book nerd, but you know, there's Tim Drake is the Robin with the baton you see in like Teen Titans, like that kind of Robin. That that's that's Tim Drake. Well. yeah. So he's supposed to be younger. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a little bit younger, and I know when we first filmed this, this was about five years ago. So I was five years younger as well going into my audition process and the actual filming of Tim Drake. And it was a lot more, once again, when it comes to the different Robins, they all have a different archetype and like a different personality trait, all that jazz. Tim's a lot more analytical, of more of the det- detective side, uh, a lot more rational in the sense of bruce wayne being detective he has he has combat adjacent but once again it's, if you're a comic book nerd you already know tim struggled the hardest in fight combat in the comics he had to really really work for it just natural detective skills came very easy for him and when going back and re-watching my nightwing audition and then doing the tim drake i was like i i could see it now with like a little bit more did Age you? On but, me, I guess. but did you? Did you grow into the character and appreciate it, or do you think it fit you from the beginning? Um, based on what you saw from that, I would say I picked up more traits after the audition process. Now, my teammates and co uh, co actors would be uh, remiss that they immediately was like, "Oh yeah, that's Tim Drake." As soon as they saw my audition. I didn't see it. I just did the best performance I could at that time. Um, for me, it's just going back and learning the entire history of the character, backgrounds of the character, and then just being able to pull things from his life and be like, how does that correlate with what's happened in my life? Did you have to call Batman on and off camera daddy the whole time? No. <laughs> daddy chill. <laughs> You're laughing, but daddy. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's all I needed to know. That's fine. Say, James, um, there are bills, and Bat Daddy's got the money. <laughs> you were talking about martial arts. Uh, were you a follower of anybody specific, or um, what did you specialize in? Oh, um, well, I grew up. Um, my dad was uh, amateur kickboxer, um, so I learned. I, I learned a lot of uh, uh, boxing from my dad. So that was my mainstay. Is I grew up learning boxing, did amateur boxing, all that jazz. And then, like, I 
most kids probably found American karate style or like Taekwondo yeah. as most of us might. Yeah, have. Man, I, I'm, I'm a first degree black one in Taekwondo and that's there. the most useless fighting. Do you know why Taekwondo exists? It's uh, in Korea. It's the only way soldiers, because they were peasants, uh, can kick off uh, people from horses. So totally useful for me is what my parents thought. Allegedly. Yeah. My um, my brother was actually an owner of uh, American Karate Institute here. Oh, okay. Here, Allegedly. Here yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, that's. I was just asking because I had noticed on your page about maybe uh, Bruce Lee. Were you interested in Bruce Lee? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I, I think anybody. I mean, my my love of martial arts literally grew from. I, I mean, like a lot of kids, uh, just cartoons. Like I was a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Like a huge uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja and Power Rangers as well. Um, and then as I got older, started discovering Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris. Um, you know. Uh, I, Brandon, Brandon Lee, uh, when The Crow came out, and I got yes. to see that, I fell in love with that movie. Um, and then it just kind of stemmed from there, just like going into karate, going to taekwondo. And then from there, I just kind of kept a regiment of like occasionally doing martial arts at different schools. I did a little bit of wushu. Um, mainly boxing has always been in my life, so I always have just kind of always been either gym. Within one another too. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's just, once again, it's your mainstay. It's your base that you've learned from. Um, how would you, how would you say that the, um, mixed martial arts or martial arts in general helped you grow as a person? Um, the biggest thing about martial arts, um, did you learn discipline? Yes. I, I mean, I was about to say that as cheesy as it is, it does teach you because you were, I mean, you're going through weekly classes, if not like daily classes on some places, and you're having your instructor like literally using their time to teach you something. So if you're not like actually like studying and practicing everything they're teaching you, you just kind of feel like you're you feel like you're wasting your time. And once again, it's like through the practice and discipline of everything, you start getting your skill sets growing. You can do more stuff. And it just kind of steamrolls on that aspect as well. I mean, plus there's, there, I feel like there's a, a, a pretty safe confidence that comes with like learning martial arts and learning Knowing how art. to fight. And yeah, <laughs> you, you kind of carry yourself a little bit better because you're just, you, you have that backup. Like if something happens, I can help someone else or I can handle a situation a little bit easier. Um, and, and once again, and, and just so anyone's watching that this or listening to this, uh, you can never know when a fight's going to happen, but please check your ego at the door. You might not win every fight. My God. Or don't uh, enter every fight. Yeah, you know, yeah. No I mean, by all means, walking away is don't I was about to say, if you cannot get in a fight, by all means, unless we're doing a license, sanctioned, like you're in the ring, have fun, whatever. But outside of that, no one should be like. So, so boss. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's you know that's combat and fighting and all that. But I also want to know, man, because okay, look. Um, you know, we had to do a little bit of research and, you know, they, they made me look through the Instagram, not Nick, no me. And all I saw was, you know, your face and then every other picture was like your abs and your shorts got surprisingly lower and lower each time the picture happened. So I guess like, my oh, next question, I guess my next question is going to be, um, what is your diet, man? I'm just like curious as shit. Like what, what is your act? No, not sexually. I'm talking like literally food diet. Like what? Walk me through a day in the life of what you eat every, like, two days. I'm very curious. Okay, every two... Smoke weed every yeah, because, day. Yeah, because, because sometimes days can be off. I want to know, like, 
What what is like your week of like eating and okay. meals and I need to know this. I love that you did the smoke weed every day. Um, I'm a big advocate. Is that for part it. of the diet? Yes, it is. Um, no, no, no. Um, yeah, yeah. When uh, when I go through my eating and whatnot. Um, so my typical day is I usually I'm I'm a for I grew up on a farm. Like I am just early riser anyway. I usually get up four thirty five o'clock. That's just naturally wake up time. I'm up. Welcome you, to the rice fields, uh, motherfucker. <laughs> um, are you awake and bake? I, I hate you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Dude, I don't know what it is about that sound effect, but it's always timed perfectly. Uh, I don't know why. So, so good. Are you awake and bake? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, I am. I um my my uh, current schedule that I'm currently doing right now via you know and I'll include diet in this is I usually get up. Immediately, I'll have some black coffee and smoke up, essentially. And then immediately from that, I go and do an AM cardio. I just do it fasted. I just do black coffee. And then I usually either go for a run because I'm an avid runner or I just go to my gym where I get rowing machine, whatnot, just anything to get the heart rate up for about 30 to 40 minutes. Usually, I go home and then I will usually have a... A bowl of oatmeal with some peanut butter in it. Very simple. Some chia seeds. Have that and then go do strength training or conditioning training, whatever I have on the agenda that day. Um, followed by that, I usually do a... Uh, I, I usually switch. I either do just a full-on protein shake that's just got a bunch of berries in it just for natural sugar, fruit, all that jazz. Or I'll have eggs and rice. Um, I'm very simplistic in lunch. And then my dinner... And that's usually changed up on a daily basis, just depending on what we're eating. If we go out, um, I usually just try to stay in the realm of just higher protein. And all right, what's your cheat day meal? I mean, what's your what's oh, your what's your go to guilty pleasure? Guilty oh. pleasure, um, uh, Coda cake uh, pancakes. What the? Yeah. F- oh, yeah. you with the bear on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Coda cakes. Uh, yeah, 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 I know about those. Yeah, yeah, I I buy this the giant box, and usually uh, my cheat days are usually on Sunday because that's just the more because of the because of God. Oh yeah, because of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> Of course. If Chick Fil A is closed on Sunday, that's cheat day. Please give me cock. I hate Chick Fil A with a passion. Oh, uh, oh I love Chick Fil A, but to be fair, the one common ground we'll have is the stand-up bit I had roasting Chick Fil A. So yes. I'll show you that later. Oh, please yes. do. I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just higher protein and just like usually a complex type of carb. I usually I, I've started moving more towards salads a lot more with my dinners, like just okay. making a ungodly huge one. Okay, drug of choice now. Drug of choice um, legally that you I mean you know it is outlaw's oh, podcast but I don't want you arrested even though you said the FBI was after you in the beginning of this podcast. Oh fair. Um, well I love going on dates with Molly. I love that girl. <laughs> and then um, she's uh, she's a pretty gal. She's a pretty gal. A little um, feisty. I, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, love going down dates with her, but other than that, it's usually just about you know um, smoke I, weed every day. Exactly. Four twenty. I, I, I enjoy that. So one. I also noticed that you're a huge fan of cigars. Um, two questions with that. What's your favorite cigar? Uh, my favorite cigar is pr- probably anything in the realm of a Romeo and Julieta. Um, the, those or I was a big, big fan. And I know they're, they're kind of a basic cigar, but I love them because they're so easy. Uh, Acid Blondies. Yeah, I, I'm, I love those just because, once again... 
uh, you can smoke that cigar any time of the day, and you're just it's it's gonna be a good smoke because you've ever had Perdomo cigars? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you a fan or no? I enjoyed the. I've only had it once, and I enjoyed it the one time I had. But once again, I I think at the time it was. I was so you're not like an advert smoker. You're not, more of a social uh, smoker. Exactly. I used to be a lot more in cigars, uh, especially when I was in South Carolina and uh, in Chicago. Um, just I guess it was just the climate because just cold weather just made me want to smoke a cigar almost every day. Um, I but, stopped listening when you said acid. <laughs> <laughs> he Chuck's over here like, oh, where's that Molly? Bro? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Is 50 bucks okay? Yeah, I need a tablet, bro. $50, no questions asked. All right, so what I want to do oh, now, I'm man, I, I think we've gotten to know you a little bit. And what I want to do is I want to take a quick commercial break and get back to you with the harder questions. Okay. All right, sounds good. All right, so now we're back with James Matthew Fuller. and We're going to be asking the hard, I'm talking the nitty-gritty questions, the questions no one will ever think to ask you, I'm talking about the questions that only the Outlaw Podcast will get you to reveal the answers to these questions. And I have one. Look me in the eyes right now. Who would win in a fight, Kermit the Frog or Elmo? Ooh. You know what? I'm gonna say Elmo. Elmo will kill you in your sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna give Elmo because once again, Elmo like. Elmo knows where you live. Elmo lived together. He knew how to take care of that fish. And, you know, uh, once again, I don't think Kermit could get anywhere without Miss Piggy. So, I mean, like, if he's just doing his one-on-one. Elmo has something to live for, that fish. (laughs) I think that Miss Piggy is the godmother, not the godfather. And I think that Kermit the Frog is his guy who takes everybody out secretly. So, I would be more afraid of Kermit the Frog. I mean, I'm more afraid of the pedophile holding Elmo. Because, you know, the guy literally... I'm not making a joke. That guy literally was a registered pedophile. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've never heard that. Yeah, look it up. It's wild. um, Anything's a Muppet if you fist it hard enough. (laughs) Nick, I told you that in confidence. God bless you. (laughs) All right, Chuck, what do you got? All right, so I got a question here. This is all way out there. So, did you get your first and last name, your first and, sorry, your first and middle name from like an aunt, uncle, grandparent? What was it? I love how you, yeah, it was my grandmother actually. He's from uh, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah South Carolina. <laughs> just make it it literally was a Bible flip open. It was like, <laughs> there we go. Um, well, the, the the middle name. My first name is actually a family name. Like every guy in my on my dad's side was James M. Fuller. So it's just like I'm the fifth generation of James M. Fuller. But you know. yeah, like one so, of one, I'm pretty sure one of y'all died in the Titanic or some shit. Probably. Like you, you probably get this all the time. But did you ever uh, make an appearance on Fuller House? Ah, uh, nice. So no, it's almost. But like, I, I want those residuals. <laughs> so it's almost like they had the M marked already on the. Bible yeah, 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 it was basically. already there. They were just like, eh, we'll do Matthew. I'm like, all right, sounds Matthew well, and Michael, James right? and James. I mean, yeah, James, King James Bible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My brother's name is James Michael, so yeah, it's, it's funny. You know, that's why when you were saying JM, I was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, everyone I run into, there's a James M. I'm like, are you from the South? I'm like, yeah, apparently that's just a thing. Speaking of, uh, so, okay, speaking of religion stuff, uh, but here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Like, every time Nick tells a story, we mentioned this last podcast, every time he tells a story, dude, it has to do with some ghost or some shit. So I want to know, what's your craziest paranormal experience? Or if you don't believe it, let us know. 
No, I 100% uh, believe, um, believe in ghosts. The only... I've never myself had paranormal experience. I can give you a nice story that my mom's and my grandmother swear to this day happened. Um, they, uh, this was when my mom was probably about 12. And they said that my grandmother and my mom showed up at the house unloading groceries. And noticed my grandfather down there working on his uh, Chevrolet. And there was just an old guy in overalls just like over the car looking with him. And they were like, who's that? Have no idea. They walk in the house, start unloading dishes. My grandfather comes inside. My grandmother's immediate action is like, who's that guy down there with you? And my grandfather was like, what guy? I'm here for the gangbang. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, after, after, all of, after all of Nick's stories, though, that's, that's all how they end. Like, Nick had a... Nick, one of the first podcasts we had, bro, Nick had a story about a ghost that went into, like, n- no joke, rape his boyfriend. I'm not saying rape's funny, but if it's a ghost, it kind of... It kind of kind of is, a little bit, if it's a ghost. Allegedly. Um, but no, that actually happened to uh, Nick's uh, ex-boyfriend. And uh, yeah, Nick has scary as shit stories. So hearing something like that, uh, my spine tingles and not in a good way. That's, that's yeah, terrifying. I bet you it's not your spine tingling. <laughs> No, it is. It really fucking is. That's that's not comforting, bro. If, imagine it was at this moment that he knew. No, he fucked no, up. no. Imagine if you're like, hey, you see him too, and then it's like the fuck, like yeah. just that sentence alone, bro, brings like chills. And then, I mean, the gangbang sto- uh, sound effect kind of kind of brought me back to Nick's story. So, <laughs> would you, uh, by the way, would you purchase a Jiko Bukin? Do you know what that is? A what? So on our podcast a couple <laughs> a couple episodes ago. Uh, I actually found out that there's something called black real estate. That's what they're calling it. And what black real estate is, black or dark, it just depends on the language because it's something in Japan that's going here. Or now worldwide. But what uh, Jiko Buken is, is um, you basically for like, what, like $300 per month, some like super cheap kind of rent, can live in the middle of any city you want. However, the apartment has the worst location, the worst crime, a dark history, like someone for sure was murdered there, drugs, haunted, like crazy shit. I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry, I thought this was America. So what's the worst place you've ever lived is my question then. Uh, the street, actually. I was homeless for two years. So, yeah, I, I, um, I was, uh, between the ages of 14 and 16, uh, yeah, I, the worst place I think... I, I stayed, I was under an overpass one time, and that fucking sucked. Um, but outside of that, we mainly tried to stay my dad's car, because it was just him and I at the time. Um, but I will say the the worst place was probably, it was an overpass. I wow, so you how. literally are a Panic at the Disco album. There's yeah. a song called Overpass, and there's a song that's like, <laughs> Look Mama, I Made It. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm down by the van. I'm down by the river in a van. But now you can make some great money being in a van. Dude, down by you the river. Can, you can you can, pan, you can pander and make more than a minimum wage employee. So that yeah, is true. I'm not kind of fucked it up anyway. No, but I'm glad you're you're the you're one of the most. You know what? I, I like the fact that you mentioned that. Thank you for mentioning that on the podcast because it's like that's a hard thing to to talk about. But kind of kind of. You know, it says a lot about you. I think you're a super positive kind of person that that always rises above different things and accepts challenges. But look, dude, you're so goddamn positive. I'm kind of tired of it. Like, what grinds your gears? 
What pisses you the fuck off? What grinds my gears? Yeah, I want to know. Oh. You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah, I want to know. Um, he's nuts. sitting across the table from me. Right. I, well, fuck <laughs> me. I'm sorry. I did it. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm in. Oh, yes. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I was no, like, I just no, met you. No, damn it. <laughs> Shit, oh, why was I conducting this interview? It was me. No, it's Nick. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, he no, just no. has the soundboard. <laughs> um... No, it takes a lot to piss. I'm a very patient person. Like, I'm extremely, yeah, I'm, it takes a lot to get me upset. I'd say the only thing that really upsets me the most is when I see other people, like, giving other people shit. Like, when, I, I try not to be one of those, like, I need to step in, but I, like, I always will just stand by and be like, if I need to help de-escalate a situation, I'll do my best. But other than that, that's the only thing that really, like, pisses me off. And that, and... I guess for myself, tardiness. Like, eh, I hate being late. I oh, just... I, I hate unreliable people, dude. Yeah. <laughs> why do y'all? Why did everyone here look at me? Fuck you guys. <laughs> you are not look, look, I was, look, I was at your house the, before you were. The betrayal. He shits in my bed and then shits on me. God damn. <laughs> so hey, the patience comes Emotional, from Bruce Lee. Yes. <laughs> Be water, my friend. Be water. <laughs> You know, but being water, I, I think you, I think with your, you know, with your career, you really did just that. You know what I mean? Like anytime someone told you no, you found another path, like the whole thing with Nightwing and then, you know, being Tim Drake. And I'm sure you've had many other moments like that in your career. But my next question is going to be like, you know, you being a huge comic book nerd, at least from what I gather, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you had a comic book that's based on your life, like what would the title be and why? Oh, shit. Oh, Gay on. justice. Gay justice. What the fuck? It is not gonna be gay justice. Though we do need to talk about we that do later. We need to talk about that. One. Um, God, comic, I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> Pardon me. Actually, just wants to call it weed and gangbangs, and just like <laughs> rising above. Oh. Season four of the boys confirmed. Yeah, you know? right. Oh my god. Weed in the bang. <laughs> No, it'd be uh, Molly and me. Like instead of Mo- <laughs> Molly. Oh, that's a good one. Dude, we should make that a show. Molly. Oh, God. Oh, come on, man. Actually, my, remember that. That's actually a good My idea. dog died. You're like, last week it was your cat, Mark. Then the week before that it was your goldfish. You I stop taking Molly. Molly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Call me Molly. Um... What's okay? So I'll ask an easier. You want me to ask an easier I, well, question? Honest, or you want I, to answer I, it? Well, actually, honestly, oh, like yeah, right now at this stage of my life, I'd probably just call it high rise. Um, just because once again, I I have gone through a bunch of shit in my life and I've just overcome. And once again, as I've progressively gotten older and started looking more into, you know, marijuana, weed, all that, I'm like I'm a huge advocate for it because I mean I just once again it's helped me. A lot, so and I've I've also just heard weed or CBD, um, both. Well, both is good. Both both are good. Um, both are good. I mean, I usually go more of the actual grass. I I mainly go for like grass and actually just smoke like straight up weed because it helps put me in a lot more of a chill mindset and it also helps me, uh, especially through the physical attributes of my life and how much training I usually do. It helps my body just recover like way faster. I mean, so. So I should have asked you this before, but do you prefer bowl, bong, or joint? Uh, bowl. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so you I, got a special bowl? You have like a lunch? 
breakfast and dinner bowl? No, no. Well, actually, I do have a special one. I actually, and it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, I, I was we, I was like high shopping one night, and I was just like, oh, Chuck knows all about. Yeah, I was just randomly, yes, just randomly adding things to cart, buying it, and I actually did buy this really nice silicone like uh, we are um, bowl. Um, that has its own pick in it, everything, grid nice. lock, all that jazz. Nice. And I never ordered it. I just like had it in there forever. And then one day, <laughs> I got high one more time, and I was like, okay, I really need some socks. I don't know why. It's... You have these thoughts. Yes. And just went buy all in my cart. And then like you know, four days later, this little new bowl showed up. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I mean, I didn't buy it because it was pricey. And now yeah. I'm like, well, now I own it. So now it's like my new favorite one and like – what I do for everything? What's nice. some advice you would give uh, the starving uh, artists out there or the wannabe actors? The biggest thing is know yourself. Um, the I know, like we all hear the "don't give up." I mean, that's that's always like bred into a lot of us as kids. Like, just keep pushing and everything. Acting. Yeah, Nick Nick knows all about that one. Just pushing it in there. Go. Oh, daddy, my pussy hurts. <laughs> Push it in. Oh, we, we got him to laugh. Oh. Like, no, there's been several. I'm just like, what are these buttons? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Outlaws. We we uh we like to break the rules of radio, and uh, by rules, we like to interrupt everyone as much as possible. That's the way you do it, because yeah, then yeah, it makes well, you stay in your train of thought. Well, it's, and you're like, it's checks that? and balances, too. If yeah. I talk a lot, I want someone to interrupt me, and if the guest can't hang with us, yeah, then they don't sound like that. Yay. Go ahead. Yay. Um, bro, I completely forgot what you're... What was starving it? artist. God, starving dude. artist, yes. Good God. <laughs> We're they're starving and you they're, forgot. They're like, we're hungry. Please feed us. Um, no, I would say the big thing is like understand yourself overall. Like, like the whole give up or like don't give up and like push through. And you're gonna hear a thousand no's. Most like artists that are starting out are gonna get that in plethora. I the biggest thing that no one told me is like literally figure out yourself first before you're trying to play other characters. Because once. I've seen so many new act, uh, new young talent come in trying to create something that they want to share out to the world, but they just do it as a carbon copy of something that's already out there and not being true to themselves. And that's very heavy in Meisner too, you know, appreciating yourself to the point where you can kind of shake hands with your character. Exactly. And actually just going through a full study of not just breaking down a script, but like breaking down like, the lines of like what the character's saying, so you can interpret those for yourself in in a in a way that's going to match closest to you. Because all your characters that you're ever going to pick, they're choosing those characters because that character is essentially you. When you went through the audition process, you're going to be playing the character. That's you at the end of the day. I've never, I've never understood those whole. It's a like, piece of you. Yeah, it is, and I and. Uh, once again, I'm not stepping on anyone's toes of like how they feel like for acting, but for me, I'm always like, you are you at the end of the day. You're not going to be like the cold-blooded killer. No, you know. What roles? What roles do you? T- I mean, if every character is kind of like a part of you, then one way or the other, or I mean, or at least they can say, hey, you can you can understand this character, not agree with him, just understand him. Yeah. What roles do you normally get cast for then? Like, what's your kind of uh, archetype? Uh, they look at you. Gay. <laughs> Yeah, that guy's Tim Drake. I actually, Whoa. yeah, actually, I've only had two, 
two characters that I actually ultimately played gay. And okay. like, yeah, like outside of that, I'm, I got, and I don't do this anymore. I will only do this for money. I got boy next door, boyfriend, like forever. When I was first starting out, they were like, you have that all American, like natural. You, you kind of, you kind of do look like the dudes that like, you know, bullied the character in American Pie. Yes. <laughs> Especially since I've got this like nice, cool, like uh, Johnny Depp douchebag, like goatee type thing. Going no, it on looks right good. Now. Listen, uh, I used to rock that style too, but what happened was when this grew in, it, shaving it off, it grows in the next day. So I respect that. I that's used to what have I'm the, trying to get. I used to, to have the Lafleur too, so don't worry about that. <laughs> the Lafleur. I respect that. That's what it is. It's a yeah, yeah. Style. I just haven't heard anyone use the, yeah. the proper now. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, essentially just going through. My train of thought is shit right now. It's no, I mean, if, if, if it really is, it was when it comes to a starving artist, know yourself, and then you're explaining the reason why. I'm keeping track of it. Oh, yeah, You yeah. can tell I'm not the one that drugs drugs here because we gave the monkey the soundboard and we gave the. Uh... What? Yeah, man. What? <laughs> hey, yeah, bro. Wow. Yo, dude. Someone has to be uh, the conductor of the uh, circus, you know? I'm so hot right now. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Bring a towel. Don't forget to bring a towel. Rule number. Um, but yeah, it's just finding your your yourself throughout those characters and like the archetypes that I've actually had the privilege of playing is, and the ones I've enjoyed is, and I know this sounds weird just coming from me, is I've gotten to play a lot of drug users and I, like a lot of people that are addicts and everything else. And it's just... It's so uh, captivating to play those characters because you have to reach and search such levels to make it believable. Like, and once again, being that I've done several drugs throughout my life, I've had and been in dark Allegedly. situations. I can. I have been legally. Able to, we have to have that sound effect. Too. Yeah, that's fair. That's but fair. you can relate to it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's certain tell. aspects that I've been able to like. <laughs> But you gotta be able to pull from your actual life. Uh, I mean, yeah, you so, can use the actual, you know, full-on imagination, and actors need to use that as well. But like throughout everything, even with your imagination full, plat- so that's still but, you. But here's but here's the thing though, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just kind of kind of throwing the ball back and forth, being devil's advocate, uh, really quick. You know, if you threw me a racquetball, I'm throwing you a football now. So here here's my thing. Yes, you have to have components of your life and stuff, but ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone else is kind of determining what you are. So my next question is going to be like, what, in your perspective, is your kind of dream role based on how you know? Because you know your life better than anyone. So what is your dream role then based off you knowing you? For dream role, and and I feel like that's, that's definitely shifted a lot in my life because when I was younger, it was all about like i just want to walk the red carpet i just want to like do these big i want to be the next like brad pitt just starting out all that jazz i want to do that and then throughout the years growing especially with the giant marvel craze and superhero craze that came through you don't want to be part of the mcu no i opposite i would love to i would love to be able and i already have a character that i would love to do what what character i would huh Groot. Can we take guesses? No, Groot's already been done. I know, I'm joking. <laughs> I was about to say, take a long guess. By all but means. it has to be Marvel, right? It, I, could, it, I could see it was a Tony Stark, to be honest with you. It, a young Tony Stark. He's already done. But still, like, like I don't know. There, there's no way in hell I would accept that job. Really? You, okay. Do you know how, like... The shoes you got to Yeah, that's, hu- that's huge. There's no way. Um, 
But yeah, no, it doesn't necessarily have I, to be I, Marvel. It's funny how he said that. I was thinking more, I can see you being like Reed Richards, actually. You oh, know, Reed Richards? Okay. Like uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. see you actually doing that because, or, you know, to be honest with you, kind of looking at you, you, you give vibes of like, I could see you doing uh, Hobgoblin, like James, like James Franco's role, or you know, like Green Goblin's son. Yeah, I can see you doing that as well. But that's if you're a villain. I think more hero, you're more Mister Fantastic or some he, he's kind of very Peter upbeat. Parker. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. Feel, think... I feel like my age would just automatically bump me from that night. Depends I mean, on what age Peter Parker was. In the I mean, line. that's true, but and also like where they're well, he can't go. be forty. Yeah, Peter Parker can be 40. Oh, I mean, you can now, especially with I the mean, multiverse. I mean, he's got superpowers. It really doesn't the, matter You know, the problem he's 40 is the web just does not come out anymore. You know, you have to... No, <laughs> you have premature web A web time dysfunction. So it's not... It's a real Viagra, problem. It's web growth. Yeah, it's a, that is a real problem amongst men. That's why I he's... I swear this never here. happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what, 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 what are we, in your opinion, what's your... What was this hero that you're thinking you're you want to portray if, if i was a director and i was like give me a superhero we're gonna make a movie i honestly i would love to have um uh iceman from uh x-men mainly yeah. mainly um, i could see that mainly because i surfer i i do i do love x-men like i grew up on those comics because they're it just it has such a wide like social commentary uh, on top of it but well, I, but they're also making them younger and age-wise that's perfect for yeah you. exactly and I, I would love Iceman mainly because if we're going off the new streamline, he, he was like he actually was a part of the LGBT community, as I am a part as well. And just well, having there, there were jokes on Family Guy about that too, so that's no secret. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always been there. And just being able to actually ha- uh, represent a superhero like that, just to be a part of that community as well, and just knowing like on my like personality and everything else, I think I could do that character justice. And good, give a good like commentary to those that aren't so friendly to our community, and actually try to have open dialogue with people, and actually see like, you. You already sound like you've done more homework than the people who made She-Hulk. So I already appreciate you. <laughs> Avatar: Dude, Last Airbender. Don't get me started on She-Hulk. That is. A- All right, let me ask. Let me ask you this next question. Then, when it comes to just because. You know, you're talking about being part of the community and all that. So I gotta ask the this. This is gonna be the harpoon to to your heart question. I want you to answer honestly. Okay. It's two questions. It's two and one, but I'm asking the first part. What's your celebrity crush? So, well, see, I have two. So I'll, okay, you know, okay. I'll, I'll give you both. Because I'm gonna ask the second question, no matter what. I want to hear the first. Oh, okay. Hear, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, my my two top celebrity crushes are Jason Momoa and okay. Fossa. Who's the second one? Fossa. Is that Moo Fossa? No. (laughs) Fossa. H-W-S-A-A. You know, she is a K-pop singer off of a band called Mamamoo. Um, Oh, well, you answered my second question. I was going to... Okay, you answered my second question. Oh, what was the second question? Am I a lover of K-pop? No, the second question was if you were straight, who would be your celebrity crush? Well, actually... I always ask both for people. Oh, well, I'm actually pansexual, so... Got it. I'm I'm cool with every... Ryan Reynolds. Huh? Ryan Reynolds was hot. That's dude. a cop out answer. That's like saying, <laughs> but yeah, I, like everyone like says Ryan Reynolds. Say that. yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. saying, "Would you rather?" Then you're like, "I'd rather die." That's that's what that answer is. Yeah, everyone can answer that. I mean, no, no, no hate on Ryan. Like, so wait, wait, wait. so she's a K-pop artist. What was her name again? Fossa. 
Fossa. Yeah, okay, so Fossa, if you're listening, because we're an international podcast, I don't know how. Don't even ask me how. I mean, that's so yeah. If uh, if Fossa, Fossa, look at if you're listening to this, Fossa, Fossa, we got your guy right here. <laughs> Listen, he he will go away from Molly, and he will go to you and treat you the same way. I um, I, I think I legit told my boyfriend. I'm like, if I had the chance, I would probably leave you for. <laughs> she is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. I mean, hey man, I. You know, there, there's there's two expressions you can live by. There's when when there's grass in the field, play ball. That's a little douchey, but there's that. And then there's the expression of, uh, you know, it's not getting a three way. Uh, meaning, why not? At this point, COVID, uh, everyone's gonna die, and uh, you know, COVID uh, kind of put perspective. So uh, if your boyfriend <laughs> agrees, then uh, you know, just yeah, have a lot of money and be able to fly back to Korea. Hopefully, it's South Korea, not North Korea. No, yeah, it is South Korea. Just think if Boy George was alive now. COVID, 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 COVID. Instead of comma 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 comma. So I think we have I think we have two, clap for that you stupid. Thank you. I think we Thank have two you. we have two questions left. <laughs> I have two questions left. Right. We're good. You have any more questions? You have any more? Because I have I have two left that I want to definitely ask him. Because th- this is gonna be se- perfectly segue, you know. And I I want your boyfriend to comment on you know on her Instagram, see how factual you are about this. All right, he's looking at me in the eye, so I, I got to make sure that he's he's not lying. In you could have been you could have been bullshitting this whole podcast. I was podcast. like, now I want to see if you're. I was like, and that's why I'm a good director, yeah. actor, and, and and that's how I met your mother. Um, okay, so I'm gonna look at you. What's your con- condom size, and are you part of the Magnum Men's Club? Uh, I have a subscription to them, uh, but uh, no, I don't. Allegedly. I think my size would be, I don't know. It's the last time I've used a damn condom. Jesus. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh. Oh, I got to say the same nuts. thing. <laughs> got like, him. Honestly. I've been married my question is, what's years. a straight guy doing us about your condom size? No, this is this is part of the question. I that mean, we valid ask. if you're looking you're not, at my Nick, IG. Nick, you Nick you're, not, you're not part of the Magnum Men's Club? Hashtag Magnum Men's Club. We're going to start that as a trend. <laughs> so your answer was a plastic bag at a Publix. All right, uh, cool. Good to know. Yeah. Tootsie roll. A hefty bag. Tootsie <laughs> roll wrapper. Well, whatever's around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll use whatever. Good to know. Okay. All right. And here's my very last question for you. And this is actually ending on a serious note. All right. Because, I mean, first off, if any of your fans or anyone that knows you or wants to get to know you has listened all the way at the end. That says a lot. That that means you 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 charmed them. They learned something. They wanted to hear from you and all that. So which I love you if you are. Thank you so much. We oh. we do too. Trust me. But uh, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna condom up. I'm not gonna use a plastic bag. Daddy like James here. But here's here's our last question. This is ending on a serious note. What is one thing about you that you wish your fans understood and knew about you? Like what is one thing that people you know, either don't understand or, or you really wish they knew about. And what's like the last message you want to leave here with if they could listen to this and learn about you? Um, damn, that's a good question. Um, I mean, better I, than the condom one, right? I mean, they they both hold some weight. I mean, hey. yours doesn't hold. <laughs> I was about to say one question was hefty, hefty, hefty. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <laughs> um, I, I would say the the one thing that especially as I've gotten older and just deal with, you know, social media, like what my career is and everything else. I wish a lot of people would understand I am way more than just my looks. I get that, like, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to do with this as like a weird brag or anything. I do get a lot of DMs from random people soliciting things or, 
I mean, and and once again, it, it's slightly. You know, it's you know, you work on your body, you work on how you look, and yes, there is that aspect of like, thank you, I appreciate you noticing. But there's other aspects where, in conversation, all they do is where they're just focusing on how you look or like, what are you wearing today, and all that jazz. And like, I enjoy actually having conversation with people and actually being able to pick their mind and like everyone's got you know different like likes dislikes hobbies and i love finding out about that not just you know oh my god you look so sexy or you look so cute i just want to get into your pants (laughs) sadly sometimes that's all the conversation is trying to lead to well do you you, i mean i assume also like acting wise they look at you and they're like you're a hot piece of ass get up here and do this and you don't want that either yeah, exactly. They're they're like because Nick once does. again, I <laughs> Nick get up on another. Um, yeah, Nick, be a casting director for OnlyFans. Is that a job, Nick? Emotional, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for for the most part, um, yeah, you get that a lot. It's like, hey, you're only you're only here because of this is the way you look, and it's just like sometimes that's like that does hit you kind of hard. I mean, especially the amount of training that you go into to understand these prep for scene studies, prep for character development, um, understanding how the actual film process works and cinematography of like, you know, hey, yeah, I look good, but also I didn't get that line. I was emotionally attuned. And guess what? I hit my damn mark. Like, and a, a lot of people don't look at those aspects. They're just like, oh my God, you look great. Or, oh my God, he worked out for this role. And that was it. Um, Oh, so they thought you only worked out for a specific role instead of actually just working out just because... I mean, some people think that as well. I mean, they'll just be like, oh my god, you're... Or or vice versa. Like, when I was in, like, Red Hood peak form, like, I was down to, like, 8% body fat and looked rip, and, like, everyone's like, oh, is this all you... I'm like, no, and they'll meet me, like, two, three months after we shoot, and I've gained, like... 18 more pounds because you can't just sit at life, that weight life yeah, yeah yeah and also i want a damn yep. piece of cake let me have some so like it, it's well it's, and, and you know what the thing is too and it, it's you're you're talking about because based on your on everything you talked about today you're you're presenting someone you're kind of like a someone presenting what it was like pre-covid in la versus what could it could be in atlanta and the fact that you're seeing all these people want to actually care about the craft, but then there's the other school people that want to just be that hot piece of ass and get whatever, and they don't care about their skill or learning the character. So you almost seem very more attuned with like a British kind of style of acting where they, they take like 40 years to really get into it and learn it. And that seems where, you know, your head's at right now, that, which that, is respectable. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I want to go into my career from this step forward, um, having more knowledge on like how to execute properly, how to do my job a lot better, not just going on, oh my God, I need to focus on how I look and everything else. Because that's been, that that has been a huge driving f- factor for me for years is like, I, and I would always make this joke, it's like, oh, I can never cut my hair because if I cut my hair, no, they're not going to cast me. Or, oh, I can't do this facial hair or I can't dye my hair, or I can't get tattoos just because I'm just so paranoid to like get a job because they go on look base. But I've realized, especially as I get older, if you show up and you're still like one of the best people for the job and you have that good rapport and you've built that network and all that jazz and the 
you get the job, guess what? Like, you can have tattoos. They got makeup artists. Y'all seen Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Pete Davis is covered, and he has zero tattoos in that, that whole movie because they have makeup team now. So, And nowadays, we're, we're getting into a world that's everyone's always wanting to be, you know, inclusive, include everyone nowadays in filming. So, like, it doesn't matter, like, if you have buzzed hair, if you're dyed, if you have piercings. It's like now we're living in a space where you can explore your free, you know, it's like You're, the in crowd. Yeah, there's something for everyone. Yeah, you can actually have creativity like on how you want to look and present yourself and still be able to do this job. It's just finding in yourself to actually take that confidence and be like, okay, I'm going to change this aspect, which is hard because, I mean, once again, you've been trying to cater your whole life to this one career point, and, and it, then all of a sudden I'm like, doing a 180 and changing everything. It's also important for everybody to not be a carbon copy of each other, you know? Exactly. I mean, how many freaking, like, Robots. blonde hair, blue-eyed guys did y'all have back in the day? And it's just like, now, or blonde girls, like, it's the same thing. It's just like, we oh, need variety. Awesome. Like, variety is the spice of life. Like, change yeah. it up. Have something different. Wow. Oh, and speaking of changing it up, that's going to wrap it for us today, and I'm glad that you were able to be in the studio with us today because you. you are, you know, we've had guests on the podcast, but you were definitely one of a kind. You are, you are a professional of your craft who has definitely an interesting story. I mean, at this point, you can write a book, and you're not even, like, what, two-thirds of your life already, so I'm excited to see where your autobiography <laughs> goes. Just, uh, you know, ease up on the molly a little and survive till 50, if you Do don't more. mind. Smoke, you know? smoke, smoke weed every day. <laughs> but with that being said, I just wanted to thank James Matthew Fuller for being here. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you if they're listening and what kind of projects you have up and coming? Um, well, uh, current, oh, uh, for social media, I'm primarily on uh, Instagram, so IG. So it's just um, James Matthew Fuller um, is how to find me. Um, that's my primary. I, I try to keep social media Kind of just don't DM him dick pics like Nick constantly asked our audience to send me. Jesus. Everybody send Chris Lewis dick pics, please. Also, Nick, can you stop sending me dick pics? <laughs> I don't think I've sent you a single dick pic. Wait, you get those for free? He makes me pay for his OnlyFans. Fuck you, Nick. Oh, you, you, you're you one of the subscribers. Okay. <laughs> so they find you on Instagram. And what, what, do you have, what do you have going on that uh, I know you're training and you wanted to kind of get more focused and back into things acting-wise, but... Do you have any projects going on or anything you want us to know about or anything upcoming to look out for? Uh, currently for up, uh, upcoming, uh, I, I currently have a film called uh, Hell's Half Acre that should be out sometimes this fall. It was uh, one of the first feature films I was a lead in, um, so I'm very excited for that one. That one, uh, we did a red carpet like about a year ago when we first wrapped it. Now it's just doing the final editorial processes. So that'll be on my... Um, social media page i'll drop that um that should be coming out sometime this fall fingers crossed um and then as as far as anything else it's mainly just once again i'm going back to the training days um i'm starting dad's garage uh improv uh very soon um and that's essentially where i'm looking at is to getting a part of their trope and on the main stage over there so well, that's uh, that's where my heart is too, and how I got started and everything. So I can't wait to see what you end up doing, what you end up accomplishing, where you end up going, and what you end up. Just you know, if you if you did do get a role as Batman, I'm gonna die laughing Fuck because you know what I mean. Like that would be the icing on the cake above everything else. Like I can see you doing Batman Beyond. You know, 
I would love to do Terry McGinnis, like <laughs> hands down. Like I, that role, yeah, I would. So I would. With that being that said, one. we'll look out for you in the future, and thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Kyle. And as always, I have my two co-hosts. I have Chuck D in the studio. Yes, yes, enjoyed the guest. It was awesome. Uh, good to good to talk to you. Good to banter back and forth. So guys, had a great time. And we have Nick Coleman. What's up, guys? All right, Nick Coleman, we can follow you on International Bro. Yeah, International Bro on YouTube, International underscore on TikTok, and just, you can just find me in Google, just International Bro. Yeah, he's the only one with that name, aside from uh, Pitbull and Chris Brown with that one song. And the printer uh, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And guys, remember, at Outlaws Podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We also have all of us, uh, Chuck D, Nick Coleman, and myself. Unfortunately, all of us have TikToks. Oh, yes. you know, take take that with a grain of salt. We really need to get uh, get more on that. But you can follow us on there. We also are going to try to upload some YouTube short skits. Of as always, we're on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple. The list goes on and on for podcasting platforms. So please leave us a thumbs up, a like, five star review. I mean, if you leave a one star review, at least explain why. You know, a, I, it would be kind of nice. Yeah, it'd be kind of nice. And uh, with that being said, I'm your host Chris Lewis. Good night, outlaws. Peace out. Peace out. Smoke, smoke, smoke weed every day.